0: I'm reading from the Bible, from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 1 to 15. Jesus and the woman of Samaria. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptising more disciples than John, It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? will become coming him a spring of water welling up to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that i will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water
1: well we've had the passage uh, read for us it would be really helpful if you do have a bible to hand that you could uh, reach for if you could just grab that uh, don't worry if uh, if you don't uh, that's fine uh, we'll just refer to bits of uh, the Bible as we as we go through. Uh, as we start let's uh, let's pray together and ask for God's help. Our oh, Father thank you that we can look at your word and uh, we pray that if we're new to this or used to it that you would uh, be our teacher that we might understand uh, wonderful things about you tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Well, we're uh, all looking for a saviour. If there was one person who could step forward and uh, tell us the way forward with COVID-19, we would be uh, glad to hear from that one person. But not just from COVID-19, from uh, wider as well. Uh, Our society looks for saviour figures, whether that's in our movies, maybe it's uh, um, a saviour figure in the Harry Potter Uh, stories, uh, maybe it's Marvel Comics, maybe it's just the latest epic, Uh, we are used to looking for saviour figures. And of course in the world that we're living in at the moment, um, with uh, death and evil um, divisions uh, in our society over issues of how we handle Covid or uh, issues to do with uh, race and injustice. And it's hard to imagine, isn't it? One person, one saviour figure, who could step forward and be the saviour for all of the people of the, wor- uh, of the world. And yet, that is uh, precisely what's going on in these verses uh, in John that we're coming to, and um, the uh, this section, chapter four, that we're starting on this evening um, ends by talking about uh, Jesus as the saviour of the world. Uh, We'll come to that in in a minute. But of course, the idea of a saviour for the world matters. Uh, The idea of a saviour that uh, could be for all of the world seems so unlikely. Um, We all, I guess, have our own saviours for uh, our causes, a champion for our area of life or society. Uh, Maybe we feel like an outsider uh, to God this evening. We, We suspect that he's not interested in us. He's interested in some people. Uh, but not little old uh, me. And uh, maybe you've had that experience. Perhaps you felt overlooked by a church in the past. Maybe you felt overlooked by God. Well, I hope that this evening will encourage you that uh, the Bible says that Jesus is the saviour of the world, of all people, of each one. So that's the main thing that God says to us tonight. He says, see my son, uh, Jesus, believe in him, the saviour of all people. Now, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that all people will be saved. Uh, Many people still reject Jesus. We do need to turn to him to have him as our saviour. But it means that he is the saviour of all types of people. There was no one beyond uh, him being the saviour for them. And that's a theme that John has been developing uh, in this uh, book so far, his biography of Jesus. So if you do have a Bible and can turn back, let me read from John chapter 1 verses 10 to 12. John chapter 1 verse 10 says, uh, he, that's Jesus, was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So he he teased this up right at the start, that Jesus is the saviour of all people, that anyone who turns and receives him can become a child of, of God. It's developed in the, the recent chapters we've had, chapter 3, verse 16, this most famous verse in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, just listen to this. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He, he loved the world, there's that, uh, that word uh, again. And it has uh, in it that word whoever, whoever, trusts in him. It's picked up in the verse we had last week, uh, chapter three, verse thirty-six. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. But it stands, whoever believes uh, can have Jesus as their as their saviour. And as I said, the end of uh, chapter four we'll get to that. Uh, uh, We're told that people said of him, uh, this is the Savior uh, of Jesus the world. So that's where we're going and uh, we'll just see two things uh, this evening. And the first is that Jesus shows he's the saviour of the world by coming for outsiders. So there's the first thing, Jesus came for outsiders. Now the contrast in, um, in this bit in verse um, 4 is with Nicodemus, who was the man that we met in chapter 3. Now Nicodemus was a classic insider. Um, He was a very religious man, he was a teacher of the Jewish nation, Um, very good, very upstanding. Uh, He was a classic insider and Jesus came for insiders. Of course he said to Nicodemus that you need to be born again. He didn't just sort of welcome welcome him in, he said that you need to be born again, you need to have a fresh start being forgiven by God and washed on the inside. And so uh, insiders are are welcomed in as they turn and trust in, in Jesus but we might have the question hanging over us okay well that's that's well and good but you know whoever whoever believes really what about and maybe you can fill in the gaps what about that person or or this person and uh, the person we're going to meet in chapter four is one of those people what about this lady uh, this woman so let's pick it up and if you've got a Bible and um, we're in chapter 4 and uh, verses uh, 1 to 6 um, Jesus uh, is on a journey he comes to a, a town of Samaria called Sychar and he comes to a well and Jesus is weary from the journey just in passing that's interesting isn't it here is the eternal Son of God fully God and yet fully human weary from a journey and he, he goes and sits by a well and he's tired it's about the sixth hour we're told that's noon we'll come back to that in, in a minute but you see as there's this encounter between Jesus and, and the woman and um, there is a huge surprise she's surprised so let's pick it up verse seven there came a woman of Samaria to draw water Jesus said to her give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food the Samaritan woman said to him How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. We'll we'll pause there. Can you see the surprise? There there are at least two surprises. The first is that this lady is a Samaritan uh, lady. Now, um, you might know or you might not that the the Jews were taken into exile, into uh, a place called Babylon, and uh, when they were uh, there, some of the people didn't really come back. They intermarried. They kind of became a new tribe, the, the Samaritans. And they were always looked down on, on by the, um, the Jewish sort of pure people as, um, as inferior, sort of religious heretics. And yet here is Jesus, a Jew, you see, going to an outsider, a Samaritan. But there's another thing as well. Um, uh, she is a woman. And in the, the culture of that day, it was a, it was a scandal. Um for a, a man uh, to speak um in public to a strange woman, someone that he didn't know, and that's what jesus is is doing. Uh, she's an outsider in in that sense uh, within how the culture of the day would have uh would have viewed her and there's a third thing we won't get to it this week, but it's noon, we're told it's the hottest part of the day. I mean why is someone why is someone coming at noon in the hottest part of the day to gather water unless she's been excluded by her community? And it seems that that was the case. We'll get to that That uh, next time we'll see she was some sort of a moral outcast. Anyway, put that all together and here is an outsider and Jesus comes to her. Jesus is, is radical. It's quite possible that he diverts his journey just to um, go via that way. We're not told, but either way, it is in the plan and purpose of God that uh, that Jesus met this, this woman. And to do so, you see, he crosses uh, cultural, gender, moral, uh, racial um, barriers. Uh, of course, in our um, culture at the moment, uh, questions of race are, are um, in in big discussion. Uh, at the moment. And Jesus crosses uh, all racial uh, boundaries. Uh, he hasn't come for for one particular group. Uh, he came for all. And he came in, in these verses especially for those who feel themselves to be uh, outsiders. You see, many uh, would think of uh, Christianity as uh, as a club, uh, some of us recently went to um, Sundridge Park Golf Course. The course was open for the public. Uh, it's near Bromley, if you're not from Bromley. Um, and it was open for people to go. Normally, it's a very exclusive club. You, you couldn't go there. But when we went, it was beautiful. Um, manicured lawns, um, uh, fish ponds with fish just swimming around, just beautiful range of trees, just fantastic. But of course, now the club is, um, is closed again to the public and just for the exclusive people uh, of that club, I, I was disappointed. Would have loved to have been a, a, a part of that, but people, you think you see, can think of um, Christianity like that, like a like a club. Well, imagine that the manager of Sundridge Park Golf Course um, came out and said, "Look, um, the fee is paid. We've s- spoken with the members. The fee paid. We're going to pay all of the fees. We just want people to come in." And he came out. He said, "I'm sorry if you've got the impression that we're exclusive. We just want anyone to come." Uh, in that would be fantastic. That would be wonderful. And here is the the heart of what Jesus is doing: we're to judge the Christian faith by how Jesus treats people. And Jesus came for outsiders. It's not a club for an exclusive bunch. Jesus comes for outsiders, and that's important because many people that uh, I speak to are, are interested in uh, in hope or joy. And when you speak to them, their eyes light up. But when you say Uh, and Jesus offers that or that's what Christians uh, believe they'll very often say well you know I'm not religious I'm not religious I hear that that time and again maybe maybe you do it's assumed that there's an inner circle uh, that uh, this hope and joy is really only available to people who become very religious maybe you're watching online and uh, and it's great that you're with us maybe you think you know. I like this from a distance. But, you know, when the church opens again, I'd never, I'd never come to the building. I'd never want to to be there. Well, forgive us if we've given the impression that, that this is an exclusive club. Uh, Jesus Christ came for outsiders. Uh, or again, just closer to home, I, I speak at the moment to, you know, I've I spoke, spoken to Christians recently uh, who would be flagging at the moment. Lots of us are flagging at the moment as Christians. It's hard. Maybe we even feel at the moment that we're outsiders to our own church family. We've not seen them uh, for a while. Maybe we feel like we're not, we're not ticking all of the boxes that we ought to. We're, we're not doing lockdown well. We're very aware of our failure. What can I say that Jesus has come uh, for us? And Jesus comes out to us. He has a particular concern for people who feel themselves to be outsiders. And he wants to give living water to us. So there's the first thing. Uh, For us, Jesus, the saviour of the world, shows that because, number one, he came for outsiders. The second thing is that Jesus quenches our deep thirst. Now, to be the saviour of the world, he would have to deal with a universal problem. And thirst, deep thirst, is a universal problem. And so Jesus makes this offer to her uh, in verse 10. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that, uh, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So notice even as Jesus invites uh, her in, uh, he does gently challenge her. He is making a claim about his identity. Uh, he is saying, you have to come to me. Uh, like a shop that puts up a sign that says, this offer is not available anywhere else. Uh, Jesus is full of grace, but he's full of truth too. That's how John started his his book. Now, thirst is a universal uh, human problem. Uh, Here's a quote from uh, uh, a book um, by a man called Timothy Keller called Encounters with Jesus. It's a great book if you can get uh, hold of it. Just uh, people who met Jesus and uh, talking about this uh, outsider, uh, he he makes this comment, this question of thirst, uh, quoting a man called David Foster Wallace, he says this, everybody worships, the only choice we get is what to worship and the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough, never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Now I might add to that that uh, any other God other than Jesus will, will suck you dry as well Jesus alone offers living water. But this thing of universal thirst is a big thing. So here's Boris Becker. Uh, He says, I'd won Wimbledon twice, once as the youngest player. I was rich, but I had no inner peace. Or Helen Mirren. Why am I still eaten up with envy at what everyone else is doing? The actress Helen Mirren, very successful. Why always the continuous anxiety, the worry, the one eye over the shoulder, wondering who's been offered what? I wish I wasn't like that. I'd give anything to know what satisfaction feels like. Jesus, you see, claims to meet that need. And he's saying that nothing outside of us will be able to satisfy us. We need that to come from inside as he gives us his spirit. We've got a little bit more time uh, in the evening than we might have in the morning. So let me just read from chapter 7. Uh, again, if you don't have a Bible, please just listen to these words. But chapter 7, verse 37, uh, Jesus says, On the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. You see what Jesus is saying? He's saying he is the the outside person that we must go to, but as we come to him, he puts his spirit within us. And that's what Jesus is talking about uh, in chapter four. Um, The Holy Spirit, you see, applies the work of Jesus to us, convinces us of God's love uh, and forgiveness, and one day, of course, we'll we'll experience that uh, that fully. This um, the Spirit came to us has come to us as Jesus died on the cross. Uh, later in in John's book, Jesus will cry out on the cross, "I thirst. I'm thirsty." Jesus was thirsty on the cross, uh, that we might not have to thirst, that we might have uh, the Spirit. Uh, within us. Now Jesus is speaking about this and uh, the, the woman is confused about where the water is coming from. Is it from the well or, or what is it? And and Jesus uses the image of water. He says uh, everyone who drinks of this water in the well will be thirsty but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, so it's the image of water. Now in the west we might not be uh, so used to that um, sense of just not having any any water, but imagine a an arid country. Uh, you're in the you're in the desert. Your your throat is dry and and parched, and uh, you you come to a well and you draw the water up, or you come to an oasis, or you come in these words to a spring, and there it is bubbling up, and you you fill up your container or your glass, and you just uh, you just drink it down and Jesus is saying that is the experience of being in a relationship uh, with him known by him with his spirit uh, within us Jesus is saying that he offers satisfaction that's not reliant on outside things that relies on on him and the work of his spirit inside of us persuading us of God's love, giving us uh, inner peace and contentment and satisfaction of soul So there's the second thing Jesus. Quenches our deep spiritual thirst. Well, what now? As we just draw things together, I think the question that Jesus would ask us is the question that that he asks this uh, this this woman. In, in effect, do you want to drink the water of the world, or do you want my spiritual water? That's the question for us tonight. Do we want to drink uh, the water that comes from knowing Jesus? Or do we want, instead of that, to you know go on just drawing our, our our, trying to quench our thirst by by drawing on the water of I don't know Facebook likes, Um, or maybe you know maybe as a a tired mum, just um, we try and draw our satisfaction from from feeling we can hold our head up as a successful mum, and some days we can, and some days we just can't. (laughs) Or maybe it's just ticking off the the jobs at home or at work. We we try and get our satisfaction for that. And and the list just keeps on growing and we will always be thirsty. Well, Jesus says, come to me. And that's what the woman does in verse 15. She says to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty. I have to come here to draw uh, water. It's a wonderful moment, isn't it? Sir, give me this water. And that's where it lands for us this evening. Um, some of us uh, are looking in, uh, maybe we wouldn't call ourselves Christians this evening. Uh, well this is a great prayer to say to Jesus, Jesus give me this water as I turn back to you, uh, please um, give me this living water in a relationship uh, with you. Uh, but for others of us we're, we're Christians and uh, we know that Jesus died for us, we're, we're trusting uh, in him. Um, and yet um, so many of us at the moment would say that uh, we, we feel spiritually dry uh, or thirsty or, or cold and uh, of course in so many ways at the moment so much has been stripped away from us. We're not designed to live uh, on our own. Physical church really matters. Uh, we see that now and so it's no wonder that um, some of us are flagging and we're, we're struggling. Now of course we don't know when the new normality, uh, the new normal um will return, but we have uh, Jesus. All is stripped away, but not him. And Jesus is saying uh, to us, by my spirit, I am enough. Uh, I am the source of living water. Now, of course, that won't be fulfilled finally until uh, the new creation, when uh, fully and finally and freely we drink from the source, from the head of the river Uh, face to face with Jesus. And so in the meantime, in this life, things will be uh, mixed. There'll be good weeks and bad weeks, good seasons and harder seasons. We battle with sin. We go looking for satisfaction and, and drink from all of the wrong places week by week. And so now's a good moment to turn back to God at the start of this new week and remember that the Christian life is full of fresh starts. And so this is a wonderful prayer for the Christian to say, Jesus, give me this water. Uh, May I grow to know you more and uh, uh, wonderfully. We'll never be able to plumb the depths of his love. So uh, here's a passage then that teaches that uh, Jesus is the saviour of the world. And he shows that particularly in this passage as he reveals himself as the one who goes out to outsiders. And not just to insiders but to outsiders uh, too. Uh, and as the one who deals with our universal problem of a deep thirst. Let me read these verses uh, again. The water that I, w- I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. Let's, uh, let's be quiet for a moment and gather our thoughts, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Psalm 63 verse 1, O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Our Father, we feel like that at the moment, that we live in a dry and weary uh, land spiritually, and we thirst for you. We long that uh, each one of you, this uh, each one of us this week, would know you more. Uh, please, in Jesus' name. Amen.